Lockdown. Our daily podcast to keep you sane during the chaos. 21 days, 21 professionals. Plus 14. 35 days, 35 professionals. To keep you sane during the lockdown extended edition. Hello and welcome to day 29 of lockdown and day 29 of our podcast. My name is Kirsten Farquharson and with me I have the incredible Danielle Dutoy. Today we have two absolutely amazing guests. We have Anina Boerta and Ashley Farquharson here from Ashman Attorneys. Anina was admitted as an attorney in 2016 and became a partner of Ashman Attorneys in 2018. She is currently completing her master's in international trade law through the University of Stellenbosch in South Africa and KU Leuven in Belgium. Ashley Farquharson joined Ashman Attorneys as an associate in 2020, graduating her BA law and LLB degrees in 2015 and 2016 respectively. In 2019, Ashley obtained her master's degree in alternative dispute resolution from the University of Stellenbosch. It is such a privilege to have you both on the show today. Thank you for having us. <laughs> Thanks guys so much for being here. We are so, so excited to have some attorneys with us to explain some of these very complicated things that have been in the media and have been told to us, you know, after the press release that uh, Sir Ramaphosa gave, there was a lot of information that is just a lot of information. Can you please explain just a little bit about what are some of the financial re relief funding initiatives that are happening at the moment? If I can get started, yeah. So on the, the present speech on the 21st, he, he announced a lot of social grants and he made some amendments to the previous relief initiatives that's already in place. So if we take it all the way back, the national state of disaster was declared on the 15th of March. Um, and that was in terms of the national, the Disaster Management Act. And then in terms of the Disaster Management Act, you can make certain regulations. And that's where lockdown comes from what is essential services, all of that are the regulations made in terms of the Disaster Management Act. And then from there, the government announced certain relief initiatives, knowing that there are a lot of companies struggling at the moment and will continue to struggle, unfortunately, for the foreseeable future. Um, so if someone's listening to this podcast and you are in charge of a business or you're an employee or you have your own small business, just know that there are relief out there and that it's worthwhile to see whether or not your company qualifies for any of the relief incentives. So if I can just touch on a few of those incentives, uh, there's quite a few, but if we focus on the, let's say the, the five main incentives. So the first one is from the Department of Small Business Development. And there's basically two streams of, of relief there. You've got the debt relief finance scheme and a business growth, business growth resilience facilities. So the first one would be if you have a company and your company is struggling financially due to COVID-19, you can apply and see if you qualify to get a loan from the state, essentially. And then the business growth resilience is to get a loan to be able to carry on business. Uh, if you need a loan to buy more stock or have bridging finance, there's the the website for you to go and see uh, whether or not you qualify. And the qualifications is to be a CIPC registered, uh, you have to be South African citizen, then you need to have majority South African um, citizens as employees, you have to be registered with SARS, you have to be UIF compliant, but all the, all, all the 
the qualifying criteria set out very nicely. So it's definitely worthwhile to see whether or not you qualify. So that is the first one. Then you also have the Department of Tourism. If you are in the hospitality industry, you are now undoubtedly um, struggling in the, with tourism, uh, just basically coming to a halt completely. And then the Department of Tourism has a, a special fund that you can see whether or not you qualify. And that would be for long-term funding. And then you also, from the Industrial Development Corporation, the IDC, if you are an essential business, basically, at the moment, if you are still manufacturing supplies or able to trade, you can get a loan and trade fan finance from the IDC. And then another one, and this is the big one that affects most listeners if you are an employee, is the UIF benefits. So UIF is Unemployment Insurance Fund. Uh, Quite obviously, unfortunately, there are a lot of people that have lost their jobs uh, in the past month and might continue to increase even more. And the UIF, uh, what the Unemployment Insurance Fund does is to, to pay your salary or part thereof since you are now unemployed. So if you lost your job and your company was paying UIF every month, then there's a form for you to be fill, to fill in and you should be able to get at least a percentage of your salary that you were receiving up to date. Uh, and then it's just worth mentioning in the president's speech on the 21st, he mentioned the new loan guarantee scheme. So if you are a small business, it's called the SMMEs, the small micro medium enterprises, uh, the Reserve Bank and the National Treasury has set funds aside um, to be able to give loans to SMMEs. So the, what you should take from this, it's a lot of information and there's a lot of different schemes. Uh, we've compiled a manual to make it easier for people to, to see what the different schemes are and the different qualifi qualifying criteria is, but that there is hope out there. So if you are a SMME business owner, go and check out whether or not you qualify. Um, it's, it's, it's not a situation of this is just my fate and there's nothing I can do about the situation. Uh, it's just dark days ahead. The, the government has rolled out initiatives to help SMMEs. Yeah, there are also some um, relief packages uh, from the private sector as well. So gratefully in our country, we have uh, the two main ones at the moment. I know there are some smaller entities that are also publishing um, packages to help the immediate community but from on the, the largest scheme the south african future trust saft and the zukuma relief program are um two relief initiatives that were created one by uh, the oppenheimer generations and the other one by the rupert family trust which also aim to help um small businesses so um the first target group for the um saft would be uh smmes and employers who are uh, adversely affected by COVID-19 and what this does is it pays a 750 rand uh, weekly wage per employee for 15 weeks uh, from uh, if and the qualifying criteria for those would be if they have an annual turnover of 250 million rand and they're trading for a minimum of 24 months and obviously are in good standing um, with various institutions and similarly the Rupert Family Trust also has um, qualifying criteria of the same sort of vein and they instead of providing a weekly wage they provide a five-year loan um which for the first 12 months is interest fee uh, that's 
private funding initiatives which are also aimed at helping small businesses and employers who are adversely affected by the COVID-19 lockdown. Thank you so much for giving us all of that information on the incentives. I think that's going to be helpful for so many people and also just explaining it in a way that's super accessible for people. So thank you. We've also heard that there are a lot of sort of tax relaxations during the COVID-19 lockdown. Could you tell us a bit more about some of these tax relaxations? Yeah, so the, um, if we think about tax relaxations, we go to the Draft Disaster Management Tax Relief um, Act and the Draft Disaster Management Tax Relief Administration Act. Well, these are not, this is a disclaimer, these are not acts yet, these are still bills to be um, promulgated. So that means that they're still in the draft phase um, it was open for public comment until the 15th of April and now it needs to pass through, basically pass through Parliament, get signed by the President and then, then it's law. But it's worthwhile to already discuss it to, to understand what's, what's coming um, and we are very confident that it will become law quite soon. So this is now if you are a business owner and you're used to paying all your different taxes and your tax compliant PFSAs, there are basically three options. Uh, the one is ETI, the other one is provisional stack, provisional tax, and the other one is PIYE. So what ETI means, uh, it is an employ, uh, employment tax incentive. So that's actually been in place before COVID already, that you can claim a rebate if you're paying ETI for employees between 18 and 29. So the incentive there was, if you are employing young people, you can claim a rebate from SARS. Um, as part of their salary. So you actually get money back from SARS because you're employing people. So now it's just been extended. So now you're eligible um, for employees between 30 and 65 as well. So basically all employees, you can now claim an ETI rebate. Uh, before COVID, it was a thousand rand per month. Now it's a thousand five hundred rand. Um, so that's basically for from now until the end of July. So if you're all business owner, go and see whether or not you qualify because that's obviously if you can get money back from SARS, why not? <laughs> and then um, the other two PIYE and provisional tax, it's important that you, you understand that you're still going to have to pay PIYE and you're still going to have to pay provisional tax, but that you kind of get like a payment holiday um, for PIYE. Usually you have to pay your 100% PIYE liability within seven days um, after the end of the previous month. And then if you don't pay that 100% PIYE liability, then you get penalties. Uh, and those penalties are, are quite hectic. But now you only have to pay 65% of your PIYE liability um, within seven days after the end of the previous month. And then that remaining 35% of the liability is payable over a period of four months um, after, July, after August, so from September. Um, and the idea there is that people will be very cash strapped at the moment um, and to kind of help businesses keep afloat, uh, you get a bit of a, a payment holiday and then you won't receive a penalty for, for any late payment um, for, or you won't receive a penalty for not paying 100% of the PIYE liability that is usually due, if that makes sense. And then more or less the same with the provisional tax is that it will still be, you will still have to to pay provisional tax, um, but in terms of the proposed relief, the qualifying taxpayers um, are required to submit a first provisional tax estimate during the period, and um, you won't get any 
late, you won't get any uh, penalties for the late payment. So usually, once again, if you don't pay your provisional tax in full, you get penalties. But now that you can get deferred provisional tax payments um, to be paid together with the ordinary third provisional tax payment. So it's basically saying that you don't have to pay everything right now. You get, you get a bit of a holiday to make sure that your cash flow is up and running again. And then you have to make these payments. That makes so much sense. Thanks, Anina. Pleasure. Even with, with all of this and all of this help from the government and the tax relaxations, there are still so many people that are freaking out about their jobs um, and their job security with, with the help to businesses, the, the anxiety levels around people's jobs is just astronomical. Could, could you guys tell us a bit more about the labor law in terms of employees and, and how this all applies in terms of this COVID-19 lockdown? Sure. I think Chris, you're definitely right. I think people are always um, going to be concerned about how these um, regulations in the lockdown period affects their work and will affect their work going forward, especially considering I think a lot of businesses are being faced with challenges that they've never contemplated being faced with before. Um, and we're all, you know, being faced with it together. So these are these are important questions and definitely does create a lot of anxiety for people. Um, some of the most common questions that people are having surrounding their um, employment security and how they're going to be working during this time are things like, can my company force me um, to work from home? Uh, can my company not pay me during this time? Um, what do I do about my leave days? Can I utilize those during the lockdown period instead of not being paid? And um, these are really valid questions. And there are a lot more um, that have also popped up, but just to um, deal with the, those um, sort of most common ones, your company can not pay you during this time. However, there's, so there's some qualifications to that. So what the lockdown period is, is it's a, supervening impossibility it's a time in which um your many companies will find it absolutely impossible to work so if a company has found it that they that due to the way in which their business runs and uh, the way in which the lockdown period has prevented access to their business they are absolutely not able to function and as well as that do not have the sufficient reserves to pay their employees they can then suspend their obligations within the employment agreement. So employment agreements are contractual relationships. They can suspend those obligations and say, we are not paying you for this period or we're paying you a reduced rate. That being said, um, it's strongly recommended that this be used as a last resort for companies. Uh, obviously, we understand that the financial risks on companies during this time are huge. But this no pay, no work, no pay approach should be seen as a last resort because it's likely to have a domino effect on the economy. Um, so while companies are entitled to not pay their employees, it should be seen as a last resort. Um, however, if your company is genuinely unable to pay you your salary and they withhold it for this period, it is unfortunately something that they are entitled to do. Um, other questions like can you force your employees to work from home during the period, this period. You, you are entitled to instruct your employees to work from home or you as an employee are, um, you know, you can be instructed to work from home provided that you're not being 
asked to uh, perform any tasks that would force you to contribute being the directives of the state or you know putting yourself at risk you're not being asked to um, do something that could either spread the virus or, or cause you to contravene any um, laws that have been put in place to keep everyone safe um, and also that the the person that you're asking to work from home has the resources available to them to perform their duties um, if it's not possible for them to work from home due to their personal circumstances or the nature of their work you cannot force them to perform under their employment contract so um, what i alluded to earlier about employment agreements being a contractual relationship during during this time something has happened where it's impossible for these parts of these contracts or the whole contract to happen and if it's impossible for you as the employer uh, sorry employee to perform in terms of the contract then um that then you can't be forced to meet that obligation if it's impossible for you to do so um another question which is uh, fairly common is you know what happens to leave can you utilize um leave days that you've accrued during this time and the the answer is yes if a business is able to pay its employees during this period you can request from your employees that they use their annual leave for the year during this time um if the employees are not willing to do so then obviously you're not required to pay them during the lockdown period based on the things that we we're talking about earlier um or if the employees have exhausted their leave um or the lockdown like it has has been extended to you know a time that's greater than the general amount of leave that an employee has then you can utilize other leave days that an employee might have such as compassionate leave or sick leave um before asking them to take unpaid leave during this time um there are some other factors that need to be considered here as well so um, we were previously talking about some of the financial incentives one of those things is a covid 19 benefits um from the uif if you receive a benefit for an employee during this time that's taken their annual leave you can still use that but then that needs to be translated into leave going forward so um, if a UIF benefit comes in and you've told them to take leave, then that monetary amount of the UIF benefit must be translated into leave days that they will be entitled to going forward in the future after the lockdown period. And the last thing that I'd like to touch on here, there are, um, there's a lot more information about labor law um, that we've included in the manual because these are, like you said, questions that are causing a lot of anxiety for people. But unfortunately, this is a time where some businesses might not make it through the other end. And that will mean that businesses will um, possibly go into liquidation or, or start retrenchment procedures. And the one thing that I need to make clear is that those retrenchment procedures need to be fair. Employees need to be treated fairly. And that's what needs to be the overarching principle for how you treat your employees and how you are treated for this entire time. So if these retrenchment procedures go ahead, we urge companies to um, contact a qualified legal practitioner in the area to ensure that they are treating their employees fairly. And if you are yourself being retrenched, ensure that you're aware of how you should be treated and what this process should be doing, because it's not supposed to be a, an option available for people to terminate unwanted employees. It's supposed to be a last resort that needs to be as fair as possible to everyone involved. You can hear that it's it's going to be a very or it has been a very difficult time for many for many companies and I think your emphasis on the sort of procedures and if there are necessary retrenchment 
processes that they are fair. And I think that's going to be very important. So thank you for, for explaining that to us. We also are aware that there are a number of payment relief sort of schemes that, that banks are offering. What are some of the debt and payment relief schemes that the different banks are offering? So because of the seriousness of the COVID-19 pandemic, there's a number of banks that have implemented various um, debts and payment relief schemes to assist their companies, um, both individuals as well as businesses um, in the financial obligations that they have or, or may come to have as a result of this crisis. There are quite a number of um, different approaches um, from different banks. So um, Nedbank, Standard Bank, First National Bank and ABSA Bank um, are some of them that have got um, different uh, ways of assisting people with debt relief and, and financial relief during this time. Again, this is something that we've gone into quite a bit of detail because, uh, you know, there's a lot of information going around on social media and, you know, this is what you must do and this is what, what you, uh, you can't do. Um, we have sort of compiled this information sheet to sort of a, a quick sheet for people to absorb all this information and also knowing which information is true and, and what isn't um, with these important and burning questions. Um, so Standard Bank has a coronavirus business interruption payment scheme, which is basically uh, long-term uh, loans. Um, it, uh, it's a long-term loans program um, and it's a repayment holiday for your long-term loans. Um, the period runs from the 1st of April uh, 2020 for 90 days. And in order to qualify for that, you have to be a South African business. So this one's only for businesses that has an annual turnover below 20 million rand. And you have to ensure that all your credit accounts are up to date. So you can't um, be in severe debt when going into this. Uh, Standard Bank has similar uh, payment holidays as well. Um, their uh, repayment period um, is from the 1st of April to the 30th of June, and with similar details for that. Uh, Nedbank also has some uh, payment programs that deal with long-term loans. And similarly with individuals, uh, the banks have also authorized um, it deferrals for three months of certain payments, but most of these are based on uh, a review. So they're done on a case-by-case -case basis, and most of them expect that customers must be in a good standing and up-to-date with their payments as of the 31st of March, and um, relief will be awarded on a case-by-case -case basis um, based on the situation of the individual candidate. And these are programs that most banks have introduced. Um, as we've seen that in the coming weeks, they've been made more versatile. And the uh, uh, relief provided has become more extensive or the application processes have been announced um, more readily. But um, at the moment, most of the banks are offering these processes. And I think it is important for each person to ensure that they contact the banks directly or someone that's involved in this aspect to ensure that they've got the, they meet the requirements, they um, are aware of all the, the various funding and debt relief uh, options that are available to them um, before panicking about um, their financial situation. I think that there are lots of options available for people, but it's just important to have that information on hand um, and ensure that they are um, reacting appropriately with the correct information in their possession. 
Thank you so much for that, Ashley. I think you guys have been so helpful in explaining these things. I am very curious to pick both of your brains. What would your take-home piece of advice be to listeners during this lockdown? You have been so helpful in terms of explaining all of the, the legalese, as they say. But I'm curious to know what it is that you recommend listeners know or take home from, from you today. I would start by, um, by first giving a disclaimer, <laughs> because we are attorneys, is that a lot of the legalese that we touch on today, we, we only touched on and we encourage all the listeners to go and see what the qualifying criteria are, whether or not they qualify for the various relief incentives, tax, um, and the, what the banks are doing. So, so just to, first of all, go and see for yourself um, what's out there and, and where you might qualify. Um, you're probably not even aware of the the options that are available as you to you as a business owner or as an employee. And then the the bit of the take home advice would be that I'm I've been very inspired by how we as South Africans, but actually all over the world, but especially in South Africa, people are able to to be creative and innovative and to adapt. We all know the stories of businesses through the years that didn't adapt, like the Kodak story. Um, and businesses that were able to adapt where they are now. So I think this is an opportunity for everyone to reconsider what are we doing? How are we doing it? How can we do it going forward? I mean, your podcast is also an example of um, innovation and I've been inspired by how our clients have also been able to adapt their businesses to the current realities. So to not only think about what you can't do anymore, but try and think about what is possible in the new normal. Um, and I'm very sure that there are a lot of business opportunities out there and that we as a country will most definitely rebuild. Yeah, I, I can't agree with Anina more. I think that um, this, is, this is time that we have on our hands to change the way in which we, we do business um, and react appropriately and also to consider ourselves and to pull ourselves towards ourselves. And um, people always say, you know, the time is now, but you know, now we actually have the time. So we can, we can consider those things and, and really um, prepare ourselves. We, you know, it, it, it this has been a, a horrific uh, crisis that we were in and we've been very fortunate that our government has reacted in, in a rapid way. And it's, they've also reacted in a way that hasn't um, allowed this to hit us like a tsunami where we're all scrambling to figure out what's going on. There's information available, there are relief mechanisms available, and there's also time to consider how we can use the information and the relief available to, to best um, improve and safeguard our position, both pers personally and um, economically. And I think that um, is an important opportunity that shouldn't be um, put to waste. Thank you so much. I think, you know, as you guys are, are explaining, it is an incredibly difficult time, but also just this move towards a space of resilience and fortitude using courage in difficult circumstances, as, as well as the, the array of relief mechanisms and initiatives that you have both spoken on. I think those are going to be, to be very helpful to a number of listeners. You've explained it in a way that is very accessible. And for our listeners that do want to go and have a look at this incredible document that Ashman Attorneys has created, you can go have a look at, the, the, at their website on www.ashmanattorneys.co.za. As Ashley and Anina have said, they have touched on these aspects, but they are 
and an incredible document there and listeners can also do a lot more research on that. Thank you so much for both being on the show today and providing such incredible information for our listeners. Thanks for having us. us, Danny and Kristen. So that's it for us. We will see you next time on How to Mental Health Lockdown Edition. Stay sane, everybody. We'll check in later. See you soon.